Lights, camera, action. Hello and suck me beautiful. You're listening to episode three of Movie Madness in association with the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett, Keenan Bonner and Sean Shoot. This week, the match it will be getting stuck into is 1999's American Pie against 2008's Role Models, the Sean Williams Scott Derby. This week also marks the opening of the Leslie Mann Hall of Fame, but we'll get into that later. How's everyone doing today? Excellent, mate. Hot day. Hopefully, uh, everyone is not too groggy. No, I'm all the better for hearing your introduction to that podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Got to do what you got to do. But as I said, we've got a lot to get into this week. So I don't have like a uh, question for you about the cinema. But what I do have is um, a little feature for some of the ones that are maybe just not so recent. Sign of the Times. So just to give you a bit of scenery for what was going on back when this film was released. Nice. So we start with the higher seed each time. So American Pie, we're going to start with today. Uh, synopsis, four teenage boys enter a pack to lose their virginity by prom night. Every week so far, we've had some version of this <laughs> story, but this is the earliest one to date. But if I could take you back to 99, I think all of us were four or five. Keenan, maybe... Three? No. No, How I'd, been, I'd been four. four at the end of 99. Five at the end of 99, sorry. We're all good then. So, top five sellers, top five highest selling songs were Baby One More Time, Britney Spears, Mumbo Number Five, Blue Dabba D, No Scrubs, TLC, and I Want It That Way. Why a year? I'm going to say, that's a big year. <laughs> that's a very accomplished yeah. list. Slim Shady LP was the album of the year. Over 14 million Furbies were sold. <laughs> What's the finger skateboards? Again? One of them little, uh, like gremlin looking things with the big yeah. eyes and the eyes oh. move. Oh, okay, They're yeah. Creepy as sin. Yeah. Finger skateboards came to fruition. Pokemon, card, Pokemon cards came out. And. Your boy Ryan that, Harker. <laughs> Which has nothing to do with boys. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, you had a, a rising, a rising crime. What, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> There's nothing that, for our audience. But I had, I you, had no you idea. You were TK. About I, I didn't <laughs> so, know. I don't know what he's talking about. So the reference is even wasted on me. You, I'll show you the videos later. <laughs> DVD players began to replace VHS tapes. NSYNC were the opening act for Janet Jackson. The first episode of SpongeBob SquarePants aired. And finally, Britney Spears' Rolling Stone cover was the year's major pop culture scandal as she posed in her underwear at 17 years old. How times have changed. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cheeky one, it, isn't it? Do you think it was like <laughs> Kylie Jenner, where it was like, if you made the same comments about anyone else, then people would have like, giving you a look but it just seemed like it was okay if it was her and it seemed like it was the same thing with Britney well yeah because I instantly wanted to say well you couldn't do that there's too many moral boundaries but like you said Kylie Jenner would suggest otherwise maybe there's just one in every generation 
<laughs> yeah, on our other podcast, we've said a lot about Britney Spears before, so we don't need to get into all that, but you can probably understand the kind of direction that was going in. Critic <laughs> reviews then for American Pie. Actually surprising if you compare the reviews for American Pie to role models, because I mean, it's no, it's no spoiler or anything. I think if you were to ask people which one was more memorable, then American Pie would probably be the one that hmm. most people will be picking as the favourite here. I don't think you get good odds on uh, role models, but critic reviews. American Pie has a likeable cast, but the actors appear throttled by a pedestrian script and direction. Consequently, one winds up liking the film more than it deserves because of the gameness of its attractive cast. <laughs> uh, another giggly, gross-out comedy for teenagers. This one's somewhat better than most by virtue of a more satisfying ending. What makes American Pie stand out is its extreme commitment to the bit, its relentlessly sex-positive attitude, and its sneaky ability to be both disgusting and kind of sweet. That's and better. finally, it may not have invented the genre, but it did bring that genre to a whole new generation. Mm. So that's what we've got for American Pie. That's probably the most accurate statement you're going to read about the film. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into kind of the, the, the time and the films that came out around it later. Can you remember the first time you saw American Pie? Uh, no. How old you would have been? I remember the specific first time. I think yeah. I was probably about 15, staring, yeah. staring around my dad's house, and he just bought the box set, the big one that has all the like, awful ones. I will probably say for now, we are only talking about American Pie 1 if people are tuning in expecting to hear us talk about the sequels. If it goes through to the next round, we may have a chance to talk about the sequels and kind of well, where it went. But well, I today, American Pie Book of Love. That's what I thought we were talking about. Fuck's sake! I'll be You're in a best one. I feel like I've made a rod from my own back here because I told him to be more lively two weeks ago, and it's like he's just had his first Red Bull and then a pack of blue Smarties. <laughs> we all know about you and Red Bull. We do, but I remember. My dad had it and no real way of kind of setting this part. But he had this like little personal DVD player. So I had the room to myself. My brother shared a room and it, the thing was I could watch American Pie. My brothers weren't old enough to watch it. But he said, uh, look, when you come down tomorrow asking me for an apple pie, don't be thinking I'm going to give you one. And I had oh, no see. clue what the hell he was on about. Then uh, <laughs> obviously I've watched a film and seen it and been both disgusted in the fact that that would even be a suggestion. And then I had to have the awkward chat in the morning because it's like, there's some films that I don't want to be discussing with my dad at 15 years old, and that was probably one of the top of the top charts. Top of the list, yeah. <laughs> that would be all that Nadia. Yeah, funnily, like that. <laughs> funnily, funnily enough, Dad, I don't, don't really want to discuss Sean the Elizabeth finger in itself with you. We'll give that one minute, mate. <laughs> Can you remember, if you can't remember maybe the circumstance, can you remember kind of what kind of age you would have been when you watched it? So I, I actually watched, I can tell you, excuse me, I can tell you the first American Pie film I watched, it wasn't the first one. I watched, oh, uh, I saw Bang, I saw Bang Camp first. What? <laughs> so what, this, I know it's ridiculous. It probably, it's probably enough just to stop you watching the rest of it. Um, but my sister's a few years older than it, and she had a copy of it in the house. And I, I, I put it on and I was, was a lot younger and it was like yeah that was alright and then it, I must have been about I was probably about 16 17 the first time I actually sat down and watched it from start to end 
um, to the first one. To be fair, you get quite a good idea of what American Pie is from that. I saw the Alan Partridge movie and the David Brent movie before I saw The Office or Alan Partridge, which made them both look like the most depressing TV shows <laughs> that you could ever have watched. Somehow, really, it didn't make me want to go and watch the TV series. <laughs> I think I saw the first one last. I'm pretty sure I saw two. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah, TK, you're going to restore some. Yeah, not mine was more conventional. Although I was younger, I was the beneficiary of the fact that all my uh, siblings are older than me. So, but you can sneak your way into watching some movies. So I would have probably been. I would imagine it was about year seven, year eight. So I'd have been eleven or twelve. Which <laughs> decide for yourself whether that should have been happening, but. <laughs> Which well, obviously it, does, it, does add it does make it even more hilarious when you're a bit young and immature. Yeah, if, if, it's still great now. But if we get into some of the trivia, then we can kind of discuss the film as we go on. And then this week we're going to do the categories for each film before we kind of do a summary at the end. So we won't have quite a just spell of naming all the quotes from both films at once. <laughs> so anyway, when submitting the script to the studio, screenwriter Adam Hertz titled it untitled teenage sex comedy that can be made for under 10 million which studio writers will likely hate but I think you'll love he nailed it <laughs> it was later <laughs> changed to East Great Falls High then Great Falls and then finally American Pie at the last minute Universal actually requested them to change the name that's a great move well at the same time uh, I think it was um, Eugene Levy was in a like a short film that was being made by like something that wouldn't even have seen the light of day that was called uh, Great Falls High. So he clearly was typecast before he was typecast. <laughs> Looking back then, this was Sean William Scott's feature film debut, and he was only paid 8000 for his role as Stifler. Jesus. We've got a bargain there. I was going to say, yeah. possibly the bargain of the century. They've tied well, him up to a Scotty Pippen deal. I'll give you something in a minute, which you'll see they even themselves out. So this is different. Alison Hannigan, who plays Michelle, she went to a callback audition, arrived late, and they say that she was dying for a pee. So she ran to the bathroom, and when her name was called, she was called like as she was running in, so she didn't have time to go. So she ran in to her audition, barely having calmed down, proper like antsy, being all desperate. So she read the part like really quirky with like an over amount of energy, like overcompensating. And so that was what actually got her the part. The oh, wow. She wasn't acting like herself. Twist of fate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some other uh, little odd bits. Uh, to replicate an erection in one scene, the crew cooked a sausage, stuck it on a pencil and wrapped it in aluminium foil. And it was still <laughs> warm when it was placed between Jason Big's legs. <laughs> Uh, Eugene Levy was told he could improvise most of his character, including the part where he's flipping through the magazines with Jim, because you'll see Jim uh, or Jason B's laughs uh, kind of like muffled when he mentions a giant orgy, because he's meant to be quite serious there, and he just didn't see that coming. <laughs> oh, I haven't realised that. That makes it even better. Yeah. Uh, when Jim's running between the houses, uh, he got heat stroke. They filmed it so many times. Um, those who have had heat stroke, it's I was trying to think of a way to describe this earlier. It's like dying, but not having the satisfaction of being put out of your misery heat stroke. 
Yeah, I, I'm skeptical as to whether you've ever actually had it. You know. What do you mean? I I just know you. I just know what you like. That's all. Yeah, agree. No, but the, I mean, maybe... there's a wider point. I question whether it's actually a thing, anyway. But with you, yeah. definitely, <laughs> I question. It, it, it is definitely a thing. Sometimes Trust it me. probably has been blamed, uh, just where I may have talked myself into it. But the one time yeah. I have to go into T4 on the beach without checking the weather report, that next day <laughs> when we had the uni thing uh, with school, I remember being sat in that classroom thinking. I was going to be like Finch when he's running to the toilet being given the laxatives. <laughs> Maybe the worst I've ever felt. And that woman wanted me to stand up and show some energy. As if there wasn't a reason I didn't have any energy. So anyway, when Jason Biggs was running between the houses, they found it so many times he got heat strokes. So in each destination, they had a shirt packed with ice to cool him down for as soon as he'd finished the take. Um, so they actually he had to take him to a doctor because he was so bad. Wow. And to try and like replenish him from this, they gave him some zinc supplements. I was wondering if this was like a thing of 99. Um, and they actually made him even more ill. So <laughs> the scene where, um, I think there's a scene where Kevin Finch are talking to you while Finch is playing oh. golf. And uh, Jim was meant to be in that scene, but they wrote him out of it. Because oh, wow. he just couldn't film on that day. Uh, the pale ale that Stifler drinks is beer with egg whites in it. It didn't uh, actually get Kevin to relieve himself. <laughs> Beer with egg whites is bad enough, mate. <laughs> yeah, can I say? That's... Originally, before the audition that I said about, um, Alison Hannigan was initially uh, auditioning for Heather. But then after oh. they read the script and saw her audition, they cast her there, which one of them, which makes a lot more sense now you know what's happened, because I can't picture her in the Heather role. No. Uh, Chris Klein and Sean William Scott didn't know how to play lacrosse prior to shooting. They practiced for three weeks before just letting the stunt doubles handle the sports scenes instead. <laughs> John Cho was 26 when he shot this. He was the oldest male cast member to portray a teenager. Alison, uh, Alison Hannigan and Shannon Elizabeth. Alison Hannigan is a hell of a name to say. We're both 24. So were the oldest people shooting their characters. Shortly after appearing nude in the film, Shannon Elizabeth went on to do a Playboy spread, which if you haven't seen, go and see it. <laughs> Sean, I don't know if you've seen this. I've spoken to TK and uh, Keenan about this this week. Um, but anyway, she decided to quit appearing nude in her films after out of fear of being typecast. And she later <laughs> called her Playboy appearance one of her biggest regrets. Sheesh. I think you can worry about the typecasting. It's, it's done now. <laughs> the horse is bolted, I'm afraid. This this might be a story you've heard before, but uh, Jason Biggs had to do the sex scene himself because um, it was originally going to be a double. But um, his body double showed up with an eight-inch scar across his stomach. <laughs> so he took his shirt off and they were like, just get out. <laughs> and they basically told Jason Biggs, look, we don't have the money to bring someone else in now. We've got to film this today. You're going to have to do it. <laughs> Jason so Biggs probably, is just getting bullied on the set. Yeah, so half of the scene probably is that he's that nervous filming it. Oh, wow. And that probably that. adds on top of it. Yeah. Uh, the scene at the start where Finch's scooter breaks down outside the hot dog shop it actually did break down. That wasn't supposed to happen, but they just left it in because they thought it was funny. 
Great decision. Yeah. John Cho is cast as two characters during the closing credits. He's obviously the MILF guy. And he's also uh, in the vocal jazz group, if you look in the background. Yeah, I knew he was there, yeah. Did not so, are they not, not the are they not the same person? Yeah. No. They're cast as two separate characters in the credits. <laughs> Which I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they thought the guy that's just yelling MILF. Isn't, MILF isn't guy's not in the jazz. <laughs> no, he's not in the he's not in the band. It's better if they're the same person. Really yeah. <laughs> but there's a sequence where you see um kind of all the boys um like handing out their condoms and things like that, and Chris Klein has got a uh, magazine that has Katie Holmes on the cover. They later went on to um, be engaged and dated for five years. So that was like, if if it was in a Simpsons episode, you'd have a whole like conspiracy theory about this. Yeah, yeah. So she was on the magazine while he was filming it. They then go on to be together for five years. Jeez. Last couple of bits. In the original script, Paul Finch's name was Paul French. And Stifler's first name was Ryan, not Steve. When Michelle says, uh, say my name, bitch, that was ad-libbed and wasn't in the script. She just made that up and they thought it was funny, so kept it in. She's a go-up. <laughs> uh, Eugene Levy was going to drop out because unless he could improvise all of his lines, because he said the script showed the dad as being really creepy and they insisted on playing him as more of a real corny father. This is Hustler. And this is a much more exotic magazine. Now, they have decided to focus more on the uh, pubic uh, region, uh, the whole groin area. Uh Look at the expression on her face. You see that? See what she's doing? She's kind of looking right into your eyes, saying, Hey, big boy. Hey, how you doing? One of the things you might have seen before, um, Universal Pictures, they sold the foreign rights before it even came out to give themselves financial security because they thought it was going to do horribly. And this has been called like the most moronic decision in movie making of all time. So this then went on to make 132 million for them, having sold the foreign, the foreign rights. I think they kept like 13% or something like that. Jeez. So they made they made a disgraceful amount, and um, so before it was then even released in America, they knew it was going to be a hit. So then they actually oh, tweaked it because um, they actually changed the release date fourteen times because they saw that it could be a smash on its own, and it was originally scheduled to come out the same week as uh, Star Wars: The Phantom Menace, and they obviously realised we don't particularly want to be going up against that. <laughs> they released it, I think it was the same week as Tarzan. And so they say it's probably the most illegally watched film in cinemas ever because all these kids were paying to go see a Disney film and then sneaking in to go and watch American Pie. That's incredible. <laughs> and then finally, um, 70 directors, they say, turned this down before they landed brothers uh, Chris and Paul Whites as uh, co-directors. He says literally nobody else wanted to direct it. He was the only one willing to do it. That's insane. <laughs> That's one of them where people are kicking themselves. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to sleep and, at that. That'd be ruining my life. The only cast in What If, which is a weird one, Bill Murray was considered for the role of Noah Levenstein. <laughs> really? Yeah. Bill Murray. I love, I love Eugene Levy, but I can't help but think somehow it's a better film with Bill Murray in it. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I'm not having that. Bill, wow, Bill, that is Bill, blasphemous. Bill Murray is one of the funniest people to ever have existed. He is can a great you, comedy Can you actor. picture like him as Jim's dad, though? He yeah. looks a bit too stern-faced to me as Jim's dad. Go and watch Stripes or Caddyshack. Bill, Bill Murray's got it. He can it, makes, it makes sense if the script was originally like this proper pervy dad. I can picture him playing that with his little <laughs> side grin. But I'm not, I can't see him giving Jim the pep talks. Oh, I, I can't know. see anyone else as Jim's dad. It's just... But that's because that's he went on to do it in two, two, three. Well, in fact, he's in every one. He's the only he's character that comes back in all, in all eight. But uh, that's why. So if this would have bombed and it would have been the first one and it, we still would have been doing doing it, for example, I think you, you've got... You, you can then change it around, but he just becomes so synonymous with it. He's he's essentially is one of the main main people by the end of the eight films, isn't it? It's, I mean, he's, he's one of the main ones in the first film, which we'll get into the kind of categories, but... I'd say if you were doing like a power rankings of who's the most indispensable, he would be top three. I'll go with that. I'd say Stifler, there's no one else that's going to play him the same way now that you've oh. seen Sean William Scott do it. Yeah. I'd say Jim is pretty... It may just be because we've seen him, but he looks like perfect for the role. He's the perfect... <laughs> <laughs> He's the perfect like in betweener looking person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would say Jim's dad. But I'd probably have Jim's dad after Stifler. You could get someone else to do Jim, but not the same way. Yeah, Jim's dad is Eugene Levy's just so iconic with that role, isn't he? You just can't it's hard to picture someone else, is it? I remember in school, um I think I tried contact lenses briefly. And uh, Jack, who's on the other podcast, said that I look like Jim without my glasses on. And then I must have been like a week later, someone was, I look like Jim's dad, actually. I'm <laughs> thinking, this changed very quickly in a week and not for the, not, not for the positive. <laughs> Who'd have thought you'd be choosing Jim? <laughs> <laughs> I've got some questions for us to consider then. So first of all, the one that kind of bugs me, should Oz have left the game? I don't think he should have left. I think he was pussy. I don't, I don't even Which know if game he... are we talking about? Are we talking about the actual lacrosse game or the game in general? Him <laughs> leaving he, left, the... he left both. He left both. When does he, he actually leave the game, though? <laughs> he doesn't ever. <laughs> he's, he's always he's in the play, game. He's just playing a different game. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He should. I think he should have either just not gone to the game or if he goes to the game, then he stays the game the whole time. Not what he does, and he leaves halfway through. What Why does it bug you that much? I don't understand. Because it's not that far in advance. They say at the start, like, the game Saturday, and then he agrees to do, do the duet where they say, so this Saturday, so-and-so. So in the space of about an hour, he's being told that both are on Saturday, and it takes him till like, Thursday or Friday to finally say, we're playing, we're playing them on Saturday? And he's completely baffled that the two things could cross over. <laughs> he's putting in I that the... And then just the fact that he's told her already that he's going to be playing the game. She's accepted it because she's come and seen him in the pizza place or whatever. And then he just goes back on it anyway. So 
maybe he did just want to sing the whole time, but don't pretend to be in with the boys for lacrosse. <laughs> of all the little elements in this film, that's what's got you. Well, I don't think it affects whether he secures Heather at the end of it or not. You don't know that. I think that gets him. I think that gets him over the line. She was punching above her weight more than the other way around. Yeah, but she didn't think he did. might disagree. That's ludicrous. He's putting putting a graft into that point, and as TK says, that gets him over the the line. I think he's bringing more to the table. That's, that's Usain Bolt running down the stretch and him just leaning forward just to make sure he gets over that line first. He didn't really have a choice. He had to. It's a good job he did as well. Imagine if all those other boys get up to what they get up to yeah, and he's exactly. just left there holding his dick. I mean, I've got another point about that because she, when there's a sway playing and they're all making their moves and he has his little speech where he's like... The coach says you've got to do all this. And she looks disgusted that he's saying this. All it takes is him saying, no, I wanted to be with you. Ten seconds later, <laughs> yeah. they're down by the lake. <laughs> he's that smooth she talker. She, she taking, clearly not, because we've seen as, as, as I opened with. <laughs> my, my friends call me Nova, as in Casanova. Oh, so fun, mate. All this proper skin crawling moments. It's made worse by him saying, You don't have to laugh at me. <laughs> like he's proper like hurt in his chest. He finds the right think... words at the right moment. <laughs> Do you think they knew that Stifler would be as popular as he was? Because he's obviously one of the main characters, but you look at number two, which we're not going to talk about so much, but I think it's just relevant that he's so much more in the second than he is the first it seems like they almost didn't know the gold they had until after or they just didn't want to rewrite the script I was actually going to say this but then obviously you said about how they, they clearly didn't have particularly high hopes for the film initially anyway <laughs> so but I, when we we obviously were going to come on to talk about sidecats in this film if we just isolate for this and we don't know what goes on after this you'd probably consider Stifler a sidecat it's, it's about the four guys yeah and he's kind of like obviously a really good psycho, but a psycho character nonetheless. And as you said, they've obviously recognised the success he has and then shoved him front and centre for the rest yeah. of the sort of genre. But as it was for this, yeah, they, they obviously just didn't realise what they had. I think if you were, if even when they didn't have high hopes for the film, if you're making a teen comedy, that that's the closest thing to a banker for a successful character you're going to get. Look yeah. at all. Look at all the teen comedies, like the the in betweeners and the char- the characters that end up walk away from them being like adored. Stif- mm. Stifler's, well, in fact, the stuff thing are things are referenced mostly come after American Pie, so most well, of them are in the Stifler mode. Well, I mean, if I can kind thing. of, I can bring the two together here because the the next question I had was, in 1999 alone, you had ten things I hate about you: cruel intentions, shoes, all that, never being kissed. Drop Dead Gorgeous, they all came out in the teen comedy bracket. <laughs> but American Pie is the one where even if at the time it didn't do as well as some of them, that's the more timeless one. That's the one that generation after generation is going going and still watching. Well, I've seen it, my brother's <laughs> seen it, my other brother's seen it, even like the people below them will have seen it. So mm. I don't know what it is that sets them apart. Do you think the fact that Stifler isn't in it as much as it is shows that they were trying to do something a bit different? Like they needed him in there 
to do his part, but they were banking on having more of a story. Well, I was thinking that they were the first, they were the first to have that kind of character. So, and then, and then they obviously stumbled upon it, and then he became a bigger part in the second film, and then you know you had stiffler like characters in the films that followed yeah. in the next few years. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking like America Pie is one of the because I can't think of a film unless you can tell me. There's I a film think with before him, that. It's you. You've had confident characters. You've had cocky characters. He is just while all of the others are. Well, I think what separates this one is you look at just the synopsis of all those other films I mentioned. It's Jock, Beauty Queen, Jock, Beauty Queen sister or something. It's all about the popular boy or girl in the film as front uh-huh. and center. And if it's not, then it's about the nerds and the geeks and this. Whereas they've gone and just gone straight for the middle ground. Yeah, yeah. Which it is weird to see that that wouldn't be your go-to because it's so easy to then appeal to more people. Yeah, quite weird. But, Nobody had sort of seized on that before then. Yeah. Isn't it? But I think it's that. They have Stifler in there to do his job, so he's the only caricature where the rest of them kind of have maybe one particular trait that's amped up slightly. Like if you're doing the bars, you're creating your character on FIFA or whatever. All of them are quite level with one of them, whether they've got their passing, their shooting, their dribbling, whatever. Whereas Stifler is very much, he's just put everything at zero and (laughs) just gone to a hundred on something else. And it worked perfectly. I think potentially with that type of character, though, sometimes less is more. So whether they've gone into it thinking, right, we'll give him in here in patches, and he's going to absolutely steal the show and be hilarious. But if you have this constantly, is it going to work as well? Obviously, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to not make him annoying, isn't it, while still having him be funny. This is the thing where with him, where he is an almost unique character, and I think this is almost entirely down to the cast. I think they can have the same guy, same lines and a different bloke doing it, and it doesn't work. Where, if you met this guy in real life, because you know with a lot of things, like, say like Jay from Inbetweeners, everyone will have someone who they can think of reminds them of Jay. What they really mean by that is, he's a bit loud and he's a bullshit. And in real life, that's kind of funny for about five minutes, and then you realise this is actually really annoying. The thing with Stiffler, you don't really know anyone likes him. Anyone who says they like him or says this other guy's like him is probably being a bit of an ass, because they probably aren't that much like him. Because this guy is really, somehow really likable, whilst in the film, you could see why people would not like him, but for some reason, he still sort of like charms you as the audience, which I don't know if anyone else has been able to quite get that sort of level as he's managed. Well, you can see they've attempted it with all the other sequels that aren't directly linked to this one. They've made a relative of Stifler, and each one is almost all of them dislikable. Yeah, 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 exactly. Where they're just trying to do a different version of the Stifler character that just doesn't work. I think part of it with Stifler is as well, that separates him from other characters. A little bit like you said, where often someone is casting the jock or the, the nerdy guy, the in-between. He's kind of got a bit of everything in there, so which kind of appeals. But also he, he loses quite a lot as well. So often in a comedy, it's sort of like someone always loses or someone always wins. He kind of, whenever he gets one over on someone, it ends up backfiring. So with him and Finch, for example, that yeah. back and forth. But he's, whereas with a lot of people, they look at it and think he has to win every time and get one over on them. Obviously, necking um, Kevin's semen, 
having Finch block his mum. It's all these things kind of go against him, which makes him kind of, I think, more funny and more relatable. If you were writing an essay on this, you'd call him. You'd, you'd say he has some vulnerability. <laughs> it means there is some, there is at least some part of him that you can relate to in the slightest bit. He's probably what everyone thinks they'd be like if they were funny, but it just wouldn't. No one can be funny all the time. If they had like no, basically, what if everyone, what everyone thinks they'd be like if they had no inhibitions. I think, I think is what they think they'd be that guy. And everything, even like, uh, what films it really gets off the bus and says, I polish my balls and make me a milkshake? <laughs> the third. Uh, the third, he uh, says something along the lines, yeah. And, like, nobody else could really say that. And it no. would just be kind of weird if it came out your mouth. Everyone's like, what is that? But obviously for him, it, it works. So, like I said, he is a pretty unique character. I'd be interested to know how much of his that he improvised, because it seems they gave kind of free reign was every comedy that we're going to do on this, you're going to see some bit of trivia about so-and-so improvised this, that. I'd be interested to know how much of his was improvised. Especially as bearing in mind almost every character he's played afterwards has kind of had some sort of spin on that. I was, so he's clearly say, largely amount of his personality has gone into this. Well, do you think being typecast is an issue? Because if you're only going to get roles as one character, then surely there's a point where you realise... like. Not everyone can do a Bradley Cooper and go from playing an asshole in Wedding Crashes to playing quite a sweetheart in Silver Linings Playbook. I thought we discussed this last time, didn't we? Like, I, I wouldn't have a problem. Sort of, you know what your sort of your length yeah. is. Well, Shannon Elizabeth definitely should have known. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong. If you're really good at this one thing, then kind of run with it. As I said, you're not going to have uh, Seth Green playing James Bond. And you know, it's just, it's just kind of certain things don't fit. They just got to go with what you go with. Even looking down like Sean William Scott's like IMDb, it's like no director even thought that they could try changing him. None of them <laughs> were the girl that thought they could finally change the bloke that's cheating on everyone else. They've gone, they've got like a sure thing. They know. You're going to get gold if you put him in this. I mean, he's he's in Final Destination. He's even an asshole in that, isn't it? Could you imagine being the one who did roll the dice? You try and get <laughs> him in like a straight roll, and it's just a horrible, horrible film. He's in he's in Final Destination. Yeah, yeah he's right. in the first one. All oh, right. How does he? I can't think. Cause that's the one I've seen the least times. Those films really do blur into one for me. Yeah. Dude, yeah. where's my car? Is probably the most different role he's played. And it's still the exact same as every other role. I was going to say, that speaks volumes, doesn't it? He's been an American... He's, he's done a voiceover in Ice Age, so there's that. Goon is slightly different just in that he's really, really thick. That's a... Yeah. Well, that's fair. That's why he is in uh, Dude, Where's My Car as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I think he's got little uh, smaller roles. He's in Bulletproof Monk. He's in Old School... Bulletproof Monkey is quite he's a very different, he, I'd say. Yeah, he's, he's the main character. He probably leads yeah. is him and Chow Young Fat. They lead to the film. I think he's like top villain on in Bulletproof Monk. But I don't know if never quite, seen it. I don't know if you quite <laughs> class it as a serious film. Good, uh, um, good ICB two film that is Bulletproof yeah, Monk. Very true. <laughs> Obviously, he didn't make enough of an impression for someone to say. We'll give you another go. We'll run with <laughs> it. Give him another go. I think um I think you can read read about. It. I think he had a problem for a while. 
about the possibility of him being typecast. Like I know we've said, <laughs> I, I think it's quite, like we've 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 all sort of sat and said like if that's where the money is, go go where the money is. But I'm pretty sure the amount of actors who seem to have a problem with it, there might be something to it. But I'm quite sure Sean William Scott had a, had an issue with being typecast, essentially a stippler for 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 a time. <laughs> like he just wasn't 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 into it. Uh, you know, you've seen before where Americans try and recreate like a successful like British comedy, like they try to do in between us. Yeah. I think everyone saw how horrendous it is. He's starring in, they're attempting to do a This Country in America, and he's looking like the lead role. Blimey. Gosh, that looks like it could be truly horrendous. Maybe he's trying to, bra- maybe he's trying to branch out there, who knows? Hope he's not doing an accent. <laughs> Next question I had there. Most expendable of the main group? Ooh. I, I was pretty sure it was Oz for me, but... Yeah, I'd, I w- even I taking... Kyle. I was going to say, I wouldn't fight anyone if they said Kevin, but I do, I do think Oz... Well, as of the fact he's not even in the wedding, is he? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that is kind of perfect evidence, but... Well, the, the fact <laughs> that just, I said... He seems the most that you could replace. I said to Keenan um, when I looked it up, they didn't even ask him to be in the wedding, which is no. Mental. I saw this, which is the height of disrespect. That is, <laughs> I, I was assuming it was going to be. They asked him. He had a couple of other projects on. Blah blah blah. We thought, oh, well, we can rehash it. No, no, no. They just thought we won't ask it. Do you imagine, seeing the tra- imagine seeing the trailer on TV and thinking, Christ, I probably should have been in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as he, I'm right thinking he's in the reunion, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, he comes back. So, so they, so they, they have the nerve to go, you know what, you fancy this one? They reference it in the union, in the reunion, because there's a line where he just says, like, sorry, I couldn't make your wedding, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Rubbing salt in the wound. Sorry about that paycheck, Chris Klein. See you later, mate. <laughs> uh, I, but I would say Oz as well. Um, Kevin would be my pick. For Kevin kind of brings think, it all together, though. I think Kevin's key. I was gonna. I'll go on when we get in the categories. I'll go on to talk about Kevin. But yeah, I think I Kevin, think he's the most irritating of all of them, Kevin. Sean, you've missed a wonderful chance to say we need to talk about Kevin. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there for you, mate. <laughs> I do this. quite Let's like. Stop this and do that topic again. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like at the at the prom when Kevin tries going on the pep talk and they all just shut him down at the end. G- Jim says. Uh, are you just are you just not scared about having sex? Are you need this there with you, and he just he looks so wounded. He literally is as well, isn't he? He's, he's like, oh, <laughs> I need these guys with me because <laughs> he does. He does Kevin does a speech, doesn't he? This is before the prom one. He yeah. does that big speech where they come up with the pact and whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think from I'm assuming their attention is worth for him to be the lead guy. Although in my mind, Jim is kind of. In a strange way, yeah. I think he's supposed to be the leader of the group, isn't he, Kevin? It, it looks like it when uh, kind of he leads all of the. Well, I suppose they start the film. They start the film with Jim. Yeah, and his tube yeah. sock. Well, it's, yeah. it, I think it, as it goes goes on, I think it, it is centered around Jim. I get what you mean. I mean, Kevin does get handed the dialogue with the pack and stuff which forms the essentially forms the plot of the film but if they bombed him and just gave out to someone else I'd still be equally happy yeah they don't even have um, 
Kevin facing forward on the poster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got him like a side profile, like buried into Jessica's shoulder. Yeah, and then exactly. they've obviously tried to get their money's worth because they've got Tara Reid bent over. Yeah. Really, the, the poster should just be Tara Reid and Sam and Elizabeth. Come and see this. They've done, they've done Michelle a favour in the poster. I don't want to be harsh, but <laughs> look at the post. They've done her a favour. Hey, she glows up in How I Met Your Mother. Dreadful show, but... She, but she, does, she does glow up. Next question. Could you get away with the webcam scene today? No. <laughs> Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> what do you think is the latest that you could have got away with it? 2008. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Essentially. That, that, Pretty much everything's like off the menu changed. after Tropic Thunder, though, isn't it? <laughs> after Downey Jr. did Blackface, <laughs> it all changed. He ruined the game. <laughs> he just pushed, you he had... pushed it over the edge. You had bore up the year before as well, didn't you? Where oh god, that's a rough couple of years. Everything, everything, so. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a specific moment, but I definitely think after that things did change a little. Um, yeah, I remember when I when I saw like a video clip titled like a uh, Joe Rogan and um, Downey Jr. discuss whether you could do Tropic Thunder now. That I don't need to clean this. The answer is very simply no. Not it's, like they all got, it's like they all got a heads up, like. Look, things are going to change at the end of this year. So they're all like, get, get the everything you can. And they just got this long, like, long list of like, tick this off. But can we do it? So the, the, thing you, the thing you got to consider with the webcam scene, if it'd be bad enough, if they were playing Shannon Elizabeth in this day and age, if they were playing Nadia as a twenty-four-year-old, there'd still be some backlash. You got to think, man, these are all supposed to be kids. Um, Good point. So, which is why you just got zero <laughs> chance of throwing that webcam. Do you imagine, imagine trying to pitch that to a studio today? What we want to do is get a high school girl on camp. You'll probably get, <laughs> you'll probably, I hadn't really meeting. thought about the age yeah. too much. Isn't Mate, great? You're, you're leaving that meeting. You're leaving that meeting in handcuffs. Let, you, you ain't doing anything else for the rest of your time. <laughs> they, get, they get away with it clearly, but, um, and this wouldn't be my actual pick, but casting what if, if you were making this today, M. Ratiowski plays Nadia, doesn't she? It's a given. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. Literally nailed on. I did try seeing how old um, Summer Hayek was when this was made to see if that would have worked, but I think she might have been a bit too old. Cause didn't Dogma Gonna... come out this year? She was already well. about thirty, so I don't yeah. know how old she <laughs> how old she is now. She's like 50, she's in her fifties, mate, easily. Um, but Dogma came yeah. out in this as well, and there's no way you can in the same year, and there's no way I think you can get her playing an eighteen year old. <laughs> there's there's a couple of like uh, gaffes with this scene, so um, I think it helps that everyone's looking in one place. But they basically filmed this in like a warehouse. They just put like a little box in there that they made into Jim's room and filmed it there. But they said the only person there when they were filming her scene when she's kind of waltzing around the place was a camera guy who also had a mic over his shoulder that was kind of perched over this wall. And then the camera guy who was on the other angle, she was saying how awkward that was alone. And just the fact that it was so dingy being in this <laughs> warehouse with even when you look up. So you can actually see that there's no ceiling in one of the shots. Oh, wow. But obviously nobody's looking at that, so it works. So I think it says a lot. Maybe I'm insensitive. When you first, I first saw you said this question about like, could you get away with it now? I think, 
What's so bad about it? And I think, yeah, yeah, she is wanking in that. That's, I'm not sure that works. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love how she doesn't know. I think that's the main yeah, part. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a sneaky webcam in there. Next question. Do you think it's surprising that none of the actors went on to have really, like, huge success on the big screen? Some of them have had, like, smaller success, but when you think about how successful this was and the age that they were, you'd think there was scope for them to kind of rise up and it just didn't happen. It yeah. is hard to follow that, though, isn't it? Yeah, but most of them have had a pretty horrendous run afterwards. <laughs> who would you say, just as a sort of side question, who do you think has done the best? Is that, is that has made the most out of it? Sean Scott. William Scott's probably done well enough that he's got some like big money, like big budget ones. But Alison Hannigan's probably after that the most recognisable face. Yeah, those I, two. I, I, I'd say those would be the two. Um, Jason Biggs was in a couple of films. I can think of him in a couple of other films. Um, yeah, but they were they were like Dane Cook comedies. <laughs> where he was playing uh, Jim essentially in the other yeah. ones. And then it's probably uh, Chow the Milf guy. He's probably yeah. Yeah. You might need to move your mic a bit further away, Sean. Just uh, did, a, did an AJ on us. But yeah, I didn't think about him. He he didn't. He, I'm sure he was nominated for some Oscar. He did some big, uh, like romantic film with uh, Dwayne Wade's missus. Who did? Um, what's his name? Uh, John Cho. John Cho. Yeah, because I remember she she sent him like a tweet or something, and Twitter were doing the like school fight thing where they were trying to like rile up Wade. Like you've got to say something here. <laughs> but yeah he, he's done well for himself so no he probably's done better than Sean William Scott and then if you don't count those the the little scene where Kevin's brother's Casey Affleck so if you want a, <laughs> on a technicality you probably give it to him because it's been a while since I've watched this I think today was the first time I've ever really realised that um it's been such a long time since I'd seen American Pie. I, I did, um, probably the yeah. first time I watched it, I didn't know who Casey Affleck was. But I think it was the first time today that I caught that properly. Yeah, I, I forgot it until I uh, had a look into it and remembered it was him. Just looking now, I mean, John Cho's probably done the best. Yeah, I'm actually looking at his, uh, his, his IMDb as we're talking. I was trying to find the film. I, I'd almost forgotten yeah, him as a character. About. Milf guy yeah. is so just like... <laughs> I like that he's credited as Milf guy as well. <laughs> He's right. done. He's done the Star Trek franchise. He's done uh, Grey's Anatomy. He's done uh, Harold and Kumar. Obviously, got three films out of that. What became yep, of the guy the... that was with him? Because there was another guy with him that was shouting in that photo. <laughs> I don't know what he got up to. I think he comes back. They, he's, he, he manages to come back for the wedding. They both. Those yeah. two have gotten all they really say is milk. And yet somehow they both end up at Jim's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> they, they deem them as... <laughs> they have to get required. in Oz can fuck off. <laughs> um, Byron, as well, I don't know if this came up in your research, but I was thinking earlier, did did this film... Did that? Did they coin the phrase milk? Like, no, it, it, was, it was the second... It was the second usage of it. Um, I actually didn't note down the first thing because none of us would have recognised it. But it was some kind of like B-level TV show was the first thing that had referenced it. But it was one of them where they'll give them credit 
him credit for bringing it in. Like super bad in Jersey Shore, where one brought it in and one made it relevant. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then I was but, wondering about the base. You know where they're talking about third base? I, I feel wondering. like that's just always been a thing. Or but... has it always been a thing, yeah. Mm. That is uh, horrible. When he, the look on Jim's face when they call him a bat boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an unbelievable insult. <laughs> I wondered if that just, might have been Genuinely it hurts. I wondered if that might have been Adlin because if there's a couple of like, smirks on some of their faces when it's a bat boy. <laughs> even they know this is ridiculous. John Cho was in this show called um, Flash Forward, which aired for like a year, which I got really I into. And that. Then that was good. It just, yeah, and then just nothing happens. Yeah, good series that was. I do remember people you, talking about that. Yeah. On I think it 5. was like, it was off the back of everything being compared to Lost, and I think that probably put as much people off as it did mm. reel them in. He was in this film called Searching in 2018, which is really good as well. It's like an hour and a half. Like, it's, it's a perfect one that you go in with little expectations and it's it's very good so he's done well for himself happy for him went on to do the grudge as well so the remake don't know why they needed a remake of the grudge but (laughs) they did (laughs) last couple of questions then oh so we've kind of done the others already Uh, what what do you think makes this so timeless was the last one I don't know if we've kind of covered that but do you think it's that there's no real like in jokes that you need to be there for like everything that they're joking about is still applies the same today as it does now just a different kind of amped up version of it yeah that's essentially isn't it the same dynamics still exist now but you've kind of got the nostalgia of being back then plus it's still relatable now I think that's why it probably carries on being so successful I think like you say they they hit basically hit the biggest target audience, didn't they? So they, they went straight for the middle of the pack um, instead of the other films you talked about earlier where it was the, the like the most attractive people in the school, whatever it might be. They they went straight for the middle crowd, which for most people is the, is the largest part. And so most people, even if you sit down and watch it now and you think about the, like the crap you have when you were at school, it's easy yeah. enough to relate to, um, which is going to be the case for... 90% of the people watching it which is where it's timelessness comes from absolutely is no matter when you look back on it you're always going to be able to relate to it so before we get into the categories then I'd just like to take this moment to um, open the Leslie Mann Hall of Fame which I'll explain to you um, something me and Sean I think spoke about several years ago um, it's first of all Leslie Mann there's, there's just something there she's not the stereotypical one that you should find good looking compared to other people in the films, but just the one that there's something about. We're not talking about Mary. So the ca- maybe it's a character they play, maybe it's unexplainable. Just not your typical movie star dime. And so I thought a good time to open this up was to say, does Natasha Leon enter as Jessica to the Leslie Mann Hall of Fame? Is she of that calibre? It's a firm yes from me. I was expecting nose, nose there. Um, this is a no from me. Depends how lenient we want to be. If it's the Hall of Fame, you need, you know, you need to be very, very sure on it. The Leslie Mann Hall of Fame, though. I mean, uh, you're just going to say, isn't the nature of this thing that she's going to be a bit borderline? 
Well, my, this is the thing because I think you underrate. Le- I think you're underrating Leslie Mann personally. <laughs> he probably I is being a bit disrespectful. I, Absolute I'm not class. Being disrespectful, but you to you look at around. you look at some of the others. I mean, I don't know if it's harsh to say that I would have Rose Byrne in the same category, or if that is or if that's very disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's she is a smoke show. <laughs> hey, just spitballing here. Poorly. Alright, okay. Sean, would you have Jessica in the Hall of Fame? Uh, I'm tempted to, I, I'm tempted to lean on yes, but also, you know, if, if the consensus is no, then I can go with that. But I, I would I mean, say yeah. You're part of the consensus. He's so not putting his nuts on the line for it. <laughs> yeah. Look, if, if, if your heart's not in it, we'll have to come back to it to see whether she gains entry. But I think we need three votes to make sure she does. I would, okay. I would lean. Yeah, I would give it a yes. But if none of you are willing to die on this hill, then I think it should just be classed as a no. I'm ready well, to I mean, die on the hill. I mean, then, I'll, then I'll, Keenan, I'll give you that. Keenan would like to see Heather in there, and I don't know what people think about that. Yeah, one hundred percent. First round, first, first ballot. I'd probably argue, yeah, I'd probably, if I was going to choose between them, I'd probably put Heather there. Thank you, Sean. I so thought she played... actually is viewed as good looking in the film. I'd... Maybe I've missed I don't think she is. Speak to Byron. The disrespect Byron puts on her is no, wild. No, me and Rory did power rankings of ranking the dates that they all end up with after prom, including Stifler's mum. And I had <laughs> her just one above. Michelle, which I think is fair because she's not coming above Tara Reed and she's not coming above Stifler's mum. That's not how you've, you've now backpedaled a little bit in there because that's not how you've described it. Look, I think she fits the category of the Leslie Mann Hall of Fame. Yeah, one hundred percent. She would well be in there, but Jessica's not. All right, well, we've gone in seeing Jessica as a contender and just like that. Heather is the first entry, so <laughs> congratulations. First, just, first entry to the Leslie Mann Hall of Fame. I just thought the nature of this thing was associated with a bit of controversy, so I thought Jessica would be bored. I thought Heather would be in without a question, without a shadow of a doubt. But, all right, I've misunderstood the criteria then. Is this not just a, an actual Hall of Fame? We do not need Leslie Mann sponsorship. <laughs> no, I, don't <laughs> think, <laughs> I don't think you look at Heather as a... You don't come out of the film initially thinking, I wish I, I want to be the one no, that gets no. Heather. <laughs> no, I've been on the record that Oz is, he's undersold himself. But, hey. You, you seem to be happens. quite a fan of Oz, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you he seem to be like, thinking he's bringing a lot like to the, the table. <laughs> that's why he doesn't like the wedding. <laughs> if, it's a battle, if it's a battle between... Uh, Defending Oz or Clark Duke. <laughs> I'll take the Oz <laughs> side. You can have the you can have the Clark Duke side. Well, no, I was slating Clark Duke, wasn't I? I was saying we needed someone a bit better looking. So maybe we could take Oz and put him in sex drive. It's a very weird think... film with a thirty-five-year-old Chris. I do think Clark Duke and Heather—that's a good match. That actually is, yeah. That's level yeah. playing. No, I think it... he's punching at that stage. Like, quite, like, he's punching quite a lot. <laughs> well, should we? We're going, Not we're worse going than to he the... does in sex drive, though. <laughs> yeah, fair. 
get into the get into the categories. So some of them we'll have to save until afterwards. Um, but if I could just take your answers for them, just we'll just have the discussion and then we'll come around at the end to say overall which one wins each each set. So best quote. If we go through some of the quotes of American Pie, I know this is usually the kind of most outlandish part of the show where we have just a free for all of quotes being chucked out. There. <laughs> but who? Anyone want to kick us off? <laughs> yeah, that's a no. I've, I thought I won't go first there. I'll let someone else see if they want right. to jump in. All right, it's all, one, it's all or nothing. You want a free for all, or you don't get anything. One, one of the first, then uh, Jim asking guys, "What does third base feel like?" And Oz says, "With a big grin, like warm apple pie." Guys, um, what exactly does third base feel like? You want to take this one? Like warm apple pie. Yeah? Yeah. Apple pie, huh? Uh-huh. McDonald's or homemade? That is so creepy, the way he does it as well. <laughs> love, love the way he just holds the two fingers up as well. <laughs> and it's just so creepy. And after that, when Jim says McDonald's are homemade as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually um, it was a Costco apple pie that they used, if you're wondering. <laughs> I was wondering, yeah. It looked flimsy. That was bought on the way to set. Uh, This one time at Bang Camp? Yeah, that's... The most well-known one, I think. Yeah. Mm. That That even gets mentioned in, like, mental play. I remember this one time at Bang Camp being mentioned on commentary for a UFC (laughs) (laughs) pay-per-view. And if it's popping up there, I mean, it's on WWE pay-per-views, I've heard it mentioned, so... That quote... Can I YouTube Jim Ross saying? Can I, can I YouTube Jim Ross <laughs> it's, saying it's, this one's on a bank it's, it's King says it. Ah, it's not quite as good, but I'll take it. <laughs> one of the ones that made me laugh is, is the first party where um, Stifler's doing the walkthrough. So he walks up to um, Vicky and Jessica and he has a little word there. And then he walks past and he says, Sherman, and he looks all happy. <laughs> and he says, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> that just looks so broken. I'm so glad I'm not the only one. Who, I think that might be one of my favourite ones in the whole film. It's such a little <laughs> quote, but it's just so good. Like you said, he goes to high five it. <laughs> but in like one moment, you're like, "This is Stifler." Like that is set yeah. the mark of who Stifler is. Uh, and then there's the two you you've already said: the the set me beautiful and the <laughs> they call me Nova, as in Casanova. Set me beautiful. What did you just say? Suck me, beautiful. <laughs> Friends call me Nova. It's in uh, Casa Nova. That's pathetic. <laughs> so bars. I've got um, Jim saying, I'd like to make an announcement as a gorgeous woman masturbating on my bed. <laughs> a grin as he's saying that. Uh, I've always liked that when Jim and Jim's dad, they're, they're looking, at the, looking at the porn max. He goes, yeah, this one's this one's hustler. It's a bit of a bit of a different variety. And then he just goes through and he's like, look at the way she's looking at the camera, as if to say, "Hello, big boy." <laughs> In the same scene when uh, Jim's dad talking about uh, cracking one out, he says, uh, "It's like banging a tennis ball against a brick wall. It can be fun, it can be fun, but it's not a game. What you want is a partner to return the ball." <laughs> and he says, "Uh." I have to admit, you know, I, I did a, I did a fair bit of masturbating when I was a little younger. <laughs> I used to call it stroking the salami, you know, handing the old pud. So I never did it with baked goods. 
You know, your uncle Moore, <laughs> he pets the one-eyed snake five to six <laughs> times a day. <laughs> Literally everything Jim's dad says could be in it, honestly. <laughs> Sensational. Same with... Well, um, sorry. I just had a bit with... about um, the band camp bit. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. We had a little delay on Skype, so we had this... Uh, like opening the door for someone and each of you keeps gesturing for the other one to go. Um, but Alison Hannigan said at first it was kind of funny because all through the years, the one thing she gets is uh, people say this one time at band camp when uh, they're walking past and they see her in the street or whatever. And she's like, but sometimes she's with her kids and people like go the whole way and read up like, <laughs> and say like the whole, the whole quote. <laughs> Jesus. And so she's looking at them like, do you not see who I'm with? <laughs> I don't see the funny side then is what she says <laughs> sorry TK so go on the same similar with um, with Jim's dad this this guy doesn't have many lines but literally everything he touches in there is gold is Sherman yeah. literally everything Shermanator says is just hilarious whether you're laughing at him but it's just even the tone in which he says things is just yeah. fucking hilarious I've we were doing the wild his... thing oh no it's <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. I'm exhausted. I don't get it. I mean, how the hell did you do that? It was just my time. It was just my time. Yeah, nails it. It's, he he kind of does the like almost look down the camera, which I know is like the rule you're not meant to break in like filmmaking. But he does like as close as you can come when he does his like voice. Like, I'm a sophisticated sex robot sent back in time to change the future for one lucky lady. <laughs> and the little the little nod as he says like the final few words, like he's telling himself like you are the man. Yeah. And when he come when he comes out of the room. Uh, in the morning after, and then I think Kevin asked, like, how did you do it? And he just looked at him and was like, it was just my time. (laughs) (laughs) That is incredible. You do strangely kind of look around that point. You know what? Sometimes it's just your time. Yeah, you know what? It's happened for him. I do do like that because there probably is, everyone's had the thing where you, you see, whether it's on a night or whatever, you see some bloke who has absolutely no right and you're like, how is he doing that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, how is he, and that is the thing for them. And Chuck Sherman said, just the fact that he's saying Chuck is just as good. Him saying confidence is high. Repeat, confidence is high. <laughs> Sherman is moving for DEFCON 2. Full strategic arsenal, ready for deployment. <laughs> oh, so good. There was a guy at our school who looks like very yeah. much like him as well. Spitting image. Yeah, scarily like him. One of the ones that I didn't necessarily pick up even the first few times I watched, I've obviously heard the line but didn't find it as funny, was um, Oz when they're first having the kind of discussion with Heather about not knowing what each other kind of do outside of school. And he says, uh, you know, I know what people think. It's like Oz, he's just this kick-ass to cross-play in her. I also play football, by the way. That's just not all I am. <laughs> Strangely, obviously, you're nothing like him, but there was a part of uh, Sherman has one line where I thought of you for some reason. <laughs> is, uh, this is a downgrade from Jim's dad. <laughs> no, it's, it was just, uh, you know, when they're, like, obviously the webcam bit and they're going to the, each sort of character, yeah. and he's just gone, Seems like Jim's accidentally hooked everyone up to the internet. Juvenile. <laughs> I could have just seen you say juvenile. <laughs> that's that's actually bang on. 
a friend of ours who's like a we'll know I won't, I won't say his name who yeah. often uh, had a bit of a spell for getting out etc I could have just imagined you saying that about him <laughs> so, <"Gee>, uh. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favourite lines in, in the whole film is right at the start when they're walking into school and Jim says uh, you see the little mermaid on TV yesterday Ariel she's so hot and Oz says she's a mermaid dude and he's like, just disgusted he's like, not what she's on land Oz he <laughs> <laughs> genuinely can't believe Oz had the nerve to reply <laughs> <laughs> just around the last couple ones I had uh, Stifler saying I'll see you guys tonight in the no fucking section um, <laughs> Vicky when she says uh, Kevin likes it and Jessica says he likes getting ahead gee what a total shocker <laughs> I think that's all the ones I had down and I felt like I'd copy and pasted half the film yeah I haven't got any others I think that's the thing with that Jessica her personality bumps her up a little bit you know she's a goer she doesn't mess around <laughs> In comparison to Tara Reid, who is a fucking awful character in the film, she's snip. She, you know, like she said, she uh, wants everything to be perfect for her. And Kim, don't worry about that. Just go and have sex with him. Stop fucking around. Well, even that, then, then she waits all that and then just pies in the morning after. Like no, <laughs> no room. Like they have the whole of like summer where they can have this chat, and she, the morning after prom, is like, you know, this isn't going to work. I'm not going to be long distance for you. That's not going to happen. The whole, is, the whole thing is ridiculous in that Kevin is with her for like this film and they're all making a pact of when they're going to have sex. He has the most <laughs> means of doing it. And yet, it's still only able to do it until the same night as these other boys do. No longer will our penises remain flaccid and unused. We will fight for every man out there who isn't getting laid and should be. This is our day. This is our time. And by God, we will not stand by and watch history condemn us into celibacy. Amen. I like that. Yes. We will make a stand. We will succeed. About time! We will get laid! Yes! He was scared. Jim called him out. Yeah, Jim was buying off. Yeah, Kevin is just a very, very annoying character. <laughs> but entirely necessary, so we'll give him a pass there. The the thing of uh, her saying she's coming when her dad's coming up the stairs is like peak teen comedy. Just that scenario where the, the crossover would never happen like that. He just he just trots back down the stairs. Like, oh, okay, okay. But, I'll just let I you mean, carry on to grade my daughter in my house. Class, class behaviour from him, really. Let's <laughs> crack on. Do you know what I mean? If you're, if you're, if you're Kevin, you need to be walking downstairs. Thank you. Thank you so much. You should be but dying. That's just exactly what up. makes up... <laughs> He's overlooked that um, he has a he has a little book that he's obviously snuck in under his arm in this scenario, positioned it there, or grabbed it afterwards, and then <laughs> pauses pauses the action to ask to say, "Hang on, just let me get, let, let me have a quick read. I, I can't quite read this properly at the moment." <laughs> Catherine, is it? so sorry. I was going to say as, as he explains in the scene afterwards. He gets a bit dizzy. Right. <laughs> what What do you think is the best moment slash scene? I I feel like the webcam is one that really you don't have a choice but to have that as the best scene. Mm-hmm. Can I make an argument for the opening scene? I think that is a great scene. As that a way to great. as a way to open the film, like, as an introduction, it's phenomenal. 
But that's almost like the, the webcam scene is like amped up because every time you think it can't get worse, like it somehow <laughs> yeah. does. But yeah, but you could you'd make the same argument then for the scene where he's shagging the where he's shagging the apple pie. But that's that that's that's become iconic to the film. Um, but that is essentially it. It's just him getting caught. And then I know we're not talking about the sequels, but there's a bit with when he kills the grandmother um, and he get, gets caught and it looks like he's shagging the dog. That that's that's the running joke throughout the film, but as as like a as a solo scene, I think the opening scene is his boss. It does you perfectly get, lay out the film as well, doesn't it? Yeah, like you, get, you, get little, you get a little bit of Jim's dad. Um, yeah, Jim's dad in a nutshell. Yeah, and you get you get you know you know Jim's not not a lucky one in life from, from <laughs> Dave Dot. Um, I, I really like the opening. So, I because... I'd say the I'd say the the one you could argue as well is like the first party. So that, that when okay, yeah. you've got Stifler drinking uh, Kevin's sponge, <laughs> yeah. and then you have the MILF moment then as well, uh, <laughs> the, the Stifler and Sher moment, and I think through that. Uh, so that would be up there as well. Yeah, yeah. good check. Who, who would you say this might have some contention because best side character, TK's throwing a spanner in the mix saying that maybe Stifler should be in contention for this. I think you. I feel like if we consider Stifler as a side character, then he quite clearly takes it. But it's uh, whether we put him many, in that category. Yeah, I think he's in too many scenes. He's probably like he's just below the main, but still, he's probably too yeah. focused. To... My vote would have been Jim's dad. Yeah. 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 It would have, yeah, it would have definitely got a vote from me. But honorable mention to Sherman. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Possibly, I had him. Dad possibly well. Nadia. Even though Nadia doesn't really have that many lines, but she's just... Yeah, speaking is not important to her role, is it? She's doing that horrendous think... Eastern European accent, so <laughs> minimising how much she says is probably a good thing. <laughs> I actually think she leaves the film as the MVP. She is... <laughs> is it just because she American went on to Playboy? <laughs> no, when, you, when you mention American Pie, she within 20 seconds she gets a mention. Yeah, but within that twenty seconds, Jim's probably got a mention. And Stifler people don't up. say this this with Jim. I'd say the first scene that gets mentioned is all that about Nadia. I'd say she's like uh, she's like Malcolm Butler at the interception for the Patriots. Like she's not the best player on the team. She is not particularly the key part of the winning, but she makes that key play, and then she's remembered. It's remembered as that Super Bowl, but. She's not the one. Do you know what I mean by that? Uh, I'll raise you because Iggy getting a finals MVP. This is Nadia. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We've got a LeBron in there that should have got it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Stiffler would be there stood like, hang on, what more do I got to do? (laughs) Who would would the rest of you have picked if... uh... Kind of come back to this at the end, but uh, so well, I, I I put Jim down, but I'm not really sure how other people you could pick. Yeah, I mean, Stifler seems the obvious choice, but I think I do think the, the film does centre around Jim. Really. Yeah, I do think he becomes the centre of the film. Strangely, he does kind of get his. Uh... I was going to say comeuppance, but that sounds like he's had some like bad happen to him at the end. He he gets his kind of he gets his victory lap at the end, doesn't he? Yeah, it all yeah, yeah. kind of works out for him in the end. So no, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with uh, Jim. 
the soundtrack for this, I think it's probably the top two soundtrack in the bracket. Yeah, breaking down, you got "Laid by James," which is synonymous with the film. Yeah, "Bare Naked Ladies" one week, um, aka "Chickadee China," the Chinese chicken song. You've got Harvey Danger, Flagpole Sitter in there, uh, while Jim sets up the webcam, also the Peep Show theme song. Um, Blink-182, Mutt, which is a top three Blink-182 song for me, and fits the scene perfectly. Mrs. Robinson playing with the Sniffers, yep. Lemon Finch as well. Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> version. You've got Sway by Bick Runner, which is a great one to add to your Spotify. Perfect for a little coach journey back, maybe, or just a, or just a Friday evening if you're trying to wind down after a long day of work. And there's oh, a lot more to the shot. soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the barking got too much for Keenan. Stick <laughs> <laughs> <Check> out the back. <laughs> He's been Leonard. <laughs> chemistry. I, I think the chemistry. Is is pretty good for for someone where I would have maybe if you described them had some questionability, but the chemistry between Jim and Jim's dad is perfect. Like that's entirely believable as a father and son. Yeah. I think the group of friends all match each other perfectly, so I, I think that works very well. It's in terms of the chemistry, I've got no issues there. No, yeah, the the chemistry between all of them works, doesn't it? Even the Sort of the weird sort of attachment Stifler has to the group works well, whether he's in the group but he's not in the group. Even that kind of works out nicely. Yeah, I think it is, it is just spot on, I think, in terms of just everyone does their role perfectly. The Stars like the Spurs basketball team. Themselves. Yeah. If we go on to role models and then we'll kind of, as we do, round it up at the end. So, Role models, if we go to the synopsis, Wild Behaviour forces a pair of energy drink reps to enrol in a Big Brother program. Wouldn't quite sell it to you on that basis. I think they've undersold it there, but sign of the times, if you compare this to 1999. Britney Spears is still the most searched thing on Yahoo. <laughs> Harrison that- Ford has <laughs> just written... Go on. I was going to say, is that not just by default that Yahoo was probably redundant in 2008 <laughs> had someone not, had Google not been invented then? Um, hey, Yahoo, I, didn't Yahoo. Make, I didn't make the stats. Yahoo Harrison Ford returns as, as Indiana Jones at age 65. Obama is elected. The Twilight movie saga begins. Beyonce and Jay-Z get married. The highest selling songs are Viva La Vida, Bleed in Love, I Kissed a Girl, Low and Whatever You Like by T.I. Great song. And the Giants upset the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl. Critic reviews. A great example of the emotionally stunted men grow a heart subgenre. Role model staves off the January blues and puts a marker down as 2008's laugh out loud comedy to beat. Role models isn't trying to reinvent the wheel, just polish it up a little. What emerges is a memorable slice of modern slapstick with charm to spare and just a touch of soul. And with low aspirations come low expectations, come modest surprise. So you've got a bit of a mix there. Everyone's gone silent all of a sudden here. <laughs> Not much trivia for this one. Um, 
I think they only got four bits. One day, Paul Rudd wet himself on set because he was laughing so hard at an improvised line. <laughs> um, the diner that Paul Rudd's character visits in the movie is the same diner used in Pulp Fiction's final scene. That is trivia. The movie uh, has the two main characters tell each other to refer to themselves as Dragon and Nighthawk, which obviously we then get later in 2008 with Step Brothers. And mentioning Step Brothers, IGN awarded this the Best Comedy of 2008 Award in a year which also saw Step Brothers, Pineapple Express and Tropic Thunder released. Big year for comedy. That's fucking outrageous as well. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is mental. That's sorry, yeah, my, uh, my thing cut out. And I couldn't, uh, I couldn't speak. But with the reviews, it was like the opposite to what I thought. I went in with high expectations. It came up with low. On Rotten Tomatoes, this is higher than American Pie in both audience score and critic score. Jesus, that's just and insane. IM, um, IMDb has uh, American Pie higher than role models. So if you want to base which one uh, you trust more, you can work from that for which one you prefer. My questions to consider then. Sorry. I can't believe it. That's fucking mad. <laughs> well, we, when we did a pod a while back and we were getting some of the Rotten Tomatoes ratings, I think we said that they shouldn't be the go-to when you look at some of the ratings that some films have. It can't be trusted anymore. It was strange. It was strange for a while because it was like the go-to, wasn't it? The Bible. It was, yeah. Like it, it like, really was. Law Abiding Citizen was like a 40% on there. I don't understand that. That's, that's actually criminal. Yeah. <laughs> so, some of the questions I've got here in Wheeler's shoes could you have turned down the teacher no no it ain't my kid it's not, it's <laughs> not, not, my, it's not my kid is it I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't even see... bothered with that initial fight that you did <laughs> <laughs> I was interested to see if anyone uh, would attempt to say they would um, any of us have got the morals to even try, try and blag it <laughs> Who thought it was a good idea to hand over kids to criminals awaiting trial and leave them unattended? <laughs> this whole yeah. scheme is mental. <laughs> I think it's only, I mean, think about what they've done. It's not, I don't, I don't, it's, not it's hardly a danger, is it? When he gets done for reckless driving. And he, and then yeah, but still, you assume this is part of the system. Them. They say uh, this is the judge's favourite scheme. So he but, obviously is passing multiple people off into this. This I can true, see, but... I can see the the logic behind the scheme, like when they're actually at that sturdy wing place, like where a supervisor. Yeah, but yeah, not not <laughs> just not, let them cruise around and do what they want for the yeah, day. Yeah, not when they're just taken out for the day. Something about that um, party, by the way, where Wheeler gets with the teacher. I, I, I quite like that you've got an extended period of time of watching them play Pro Evo Eight, <laughs> which is the best Pro Evo. Although my nitpick was. Them talking as if like one of the the guy playing the kid is through on goal while showing a replay, like he celebrates like during the replay when you see the ball go in. So I don't know why they were pretending that. What is Elizabeth Banks seeing here in Paul Rudd? Because his character is very depressing. So uh, she could surely do better. Well, that's why they break up, isn't it? Because he ends up being de- depressing. Yeah, but they were depressing. together before that, so. But she does yeah, say he's not yeah. always been depressant. She yeah. says you're becoming the hardest part of my life. <laughs> good little quote there. Um, <laughs> was this a good enough follow-on to Superbad for Christopher Mintz Placid? Because this is the first role he did after Superbad. I mean, it's it's still quite... It was, it was obviously quite successful and 
Do you well, think no, they expect, he was expecting back. more? Or, I mean, he did well to... Well, I suppose he never really has got out of that typecast. He's just accepted it. I was going to say, because that is <laughs> literally... You've just jumped straight into... Uh, out of the frying pan into the fire, haven't has you? He been in? He's actually got more, more nerdy. I don't know anything else he's been in. Other than yeah, two years two. after Role Models, he was the nerdy kid in Kick-Ass. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Kick-Ass, that yeah. Cool. becomes the villain superhero. He um he just get he gets more time on screen in this, so doesn't he? Surely, yeah. He feels like he's in more scenes anyway. Um, my, my, so, sorry, okay, my my feel for this was that it's one of those films that's rated fifteen and is absolutely aimed at fifteen year old sense of humour. Yeah, one hundred percent. Which is if yeah. for for us we would have all been around the age of fifteen when yeah. this came out. If so, the fact that we're if American Pie does go through enough, that's your winner. You have to take it as Dependent if we all watched it at different times, how good a film American Pie is, because we were literally mm. the target audience for this. Yeah, yeah. This didn't age as well for me. Like it, it kind of did. Like that last review where it said low expect with low aspirations come low expectations because modest surprise. In my head, this was funnier than it was on the rewatch. Yeah. So on. maybe that does backfire and go in with that quote. I still laughed, but it wasn't like in my head. It was like a contender here. Yeah. I'd Not agree. a contender to win the bracket, but good competition for American Pie in my, in my head beforehand. I was excited by the matchup. A couple of quotes here. Um, but these games aren't won on paper. Exactly. I'd say the, the overriding quote maybe is um, Danny defending himself so I'm not Ben Affleck and he says you're white then you're Ben Affleck. Suck it, reindeer games. I'm not Ben Affleck. You're white then you been Affleck. Right, Wheeler? Yeah. You are white. That's true. I am white. Let's go. Yeah. Wheeler says, you are white. <laughs> <laughs> and I searched, because I can remember that quote. I was sure I put it as a Facebook status, and I looked back, and I did. And I had that as a Facebook status. Um, but randomly, on the 5th of June, 2011, when also someone asked our friends with on Facebook, has the exact same thing. Because they've come out, <laughs> we both had the same quote on the same day. And it obviously wasn't when it came out in the cinema. So it must have just been on Channel 4 or something when I watched it. I had on my <laughs> memories from Facebook the other day, um, me putting, lick my balls and serve me a milkshake. It's different <laughs> time, baby. With a load of them all for like little like emojis before emojis that you could put in a Facebook <laughs> status. I delete them now because I don't want to see them on the way back around. I'd rather forget than be reminded. <laughs> what would you have the owl face in there? And it was all sorts. That's cheating, that. You can't delete your leave. <laughs> <laughs> the school kids saying, uh, hey, nice cow outfit. Where can I pick one of those up? The gay zoo? Homo? <laughs> Danny's saying, no, no, it's a cat. No, it's not a cow. It's a minotaur, a creature of myth. And he got this one out of your mum's closet. <laughs> and then Wheeler says, she let me keep it after I fucked it. I remember that being like prime comedy at the time. <laughs> uh, and then, well, like, <laughs> when, when they're showing them how to hug. Obviously, we're not supposed to butt fuck these kids. Ah, perfectly acceptable hug between a little and a big. <laughs> Ooh la la. This is not. Well, obviously, we're not supposed to butt fuck these kids. High <laughs> <laughs> about that as well. The bit it I is. like about that most, um, about that, that little quote, is this um, Ke- Keegan Peel in the background. His face is just. Uh, yeah, it, I remember it, that. just because it. 
he just overhears it and his face is just flipped like he's like, what the fuck is this? Um, <laughs> when we when uh yeah. we watching it last night, I forgot I completely forgot that he's in it. Just that little <laughs> I mean he's barely in it, but he's in that for like two seconds, but the fact that it's him. The Gail Sweeney's saying, uh, you know what I used to have for breakfast? Cocaine. Not had for lunch, cocaine. <laughs> what do you think I'm a pushover? You know what I used to eat for breakfast? Cocaine. You know what I used to eat for lunch? Cocaine. What'd you have for dinner? Was it cocaine? I will sign your sheets, but you need to know I am not here to service your hours. I'm here to service these young boys. <laughs> I thought the whole whispering eye thing was, along with you white, you Ben Affleck, was the overriding quote yeah, on the film. Definitely. Yeah. I always like game face as well. Uh, and when he's giving him, like, let me give you a little motto, you just got to hit and quit. And he's got bang, 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 <laughs> drop. <laughs> and when he's giving the, the pep talk to him, he says, it's called training, you know, being aware without drawing attention. You don't think I've noticed those 34 season, the camouflage tank tops and a tent directly to the left of us? Well, how about the <laughs> twin cannons hiking up a mountain ridge 50 yards due west? Or the ridge <laughs> itself, round mounds of grass shaped like, you know, <laughs> and when Danny says about the king, he says, "Oh, he rules the entire realm." Is that when? Is that when he either isn't whacking it to the Sims? <laughs> <laughs> Any other quotes on the note of the king when he uh, he says, "I'd love to see you penetrate me again." There's just, all, <laughs> just constant <laughs> little things where they're like double entendres about this like little <laughs> mythical world they've got, and obviously safe references to <laughs> where the film was at. Uh, I also like um, Ronnie saying my language is English and, th- and this motherfucker tried to grab my hand down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he calls him a honky in that scene. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, honky, that's racist. Um, Chris from his past <laughs> when he, they, they're at the, what's supposed to be Chuck E. Cheese or whatever it might be. And he says, oh, chicken fingers. I'm going to run a train on them chicken fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you like Coca-Cola? I like the idea of it more than I actually like it. Ooh, they got chicken fingers. I'm gonna run a train on these chicken fingers. I'm just gonna be like, nom, 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 nom. Uh, <laughs> even his first introduction, where he pauses the stereo and he's, oh, that wasn't me at 100. percent Just so you know, <laughs> taste the beast as well. Uh, <laughs> any others before we continue? Have you covered Gail saying, "I'm not here to service you. I'm here to service these young boys." <laughs> 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 Well, I'm driving it down, but you, you can't BS a BS a from the film. I don't know, this isn't the exact quote, but it says something like, she says she's got a special relationship with a judge, and I don't want to go into it, but you can yeah. have to the drugs. <laughs> the, the, end. The, the soundtrack here, not quite what American Pie is, but you've got Mr. Blue Sky in there, you've got Rocky Like a Hurricane, you've got another couple of highlights in there, so not bad, but not American Pies level. Should we get into the categories for role models? Yep. Yep. Go on. I suppose we can do both at the same time rather than kind of gloss over. So I'll take your pick for role models and then whether it won or whether we'll hold American Pie over it and see who wins. So um, which did you prefer of the two? Don't think it's going to come as any surprise American Pie for me. <laughs> American Pie, yeah. American Keenan? Pie. Okay. Keenan might be a sleeper pick. Uh, which <laughs> one do you feel was more rewatchable? American Pie. American Pie comfortably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Role Models was definitely one that I thought was 
role models. So I was very good on the first time. I'm funny at that time of watching it, but I much enjoyed rewatching American Pie. Role models I actually went into thinking, like you, I thought this is like, I watched it today because I had the day off work and I thought this would be like, I'm quite looking forward to this and I just didn't quite live up to to memory. I was, Um, in contrast to you, boys, I obviously I'd said I wasn't the biggest fan of it before, so I went in trying to be open minded. I did find it quite funny, but yeah, I, I didn't particularly like it originally, and it didn't, like you said, it didn't age, it doesn't get better with age. <laughs> um, so I think I can take most quotable by the length of conversation we had, naming quotes <laughs> for the two of them. Yeah. Um, but what was your favourite quote over the two films, if, if one stood out for you? Mine probably would be the the if you include the whole thing the the you white you Ben Affleck I just found that really funny especially the bit where you add the bit in the end where um across both films yeah a bit where he goes uh where I'm just gonna call him Stifler even though I know it's not him in the, in yeah. the film uh, where, he, where he says that you are Wheeler. white yeah Wheeler where he says <laughs> you are white at the end as well including that that, that would probably be up there um it would be it'd be between that one. And then the, um, in terms of actually enjoying it, the one where Oz is like, they call me Nova is in Casanova. That would be my two <laughs> favourite ones. Yeah, I think Something Beautiful or The Mermaid one would probably be my favourite, but I do feel like for best quote, it kind of does have to be Bandcamp. Yeah, I, I won't Surely make for... any argument against it. But... Uh... Yeah, I don't know how to put it, it into words, like, but just as a yeah. personal, as I personal oh yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's different. certainly the most iconic, isn't it? Yeah, the most how iconic it, quote. How That's the word because I was going to say the word. Yeah, I was going to say I don't know what to call it, but it became a thing. Everyone knows what <laughs> the thing is, but I don't know how to quantify that in words. <laughs> what What would be your like personal favourite quotes, uh, Keener and TK? It is quite hard to reduce to reduce American Pie to one quote, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think this one of them films has got a lot better moments in it necessarily than one-liners. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It's more uh, a lot more physical comedy as well, isn't there? Laughing at people yeah. who yeah. said things. I actually reckon Sheeran, what the fuck are you doing here? Could be right <laughs> up there. <laughs> I don't know about favourite from the two films, but I. Will take, I will take uh, the, the whole speech that Ronnie Gibson, where they're talking, talking about. And he's like, no, I'm not going to take my pants off. Um, <laughs> and then it carries on and ends with him calling him a honky. Um, <laughs> that or I do, I do just love that opening bit or the bit with Jim's dad, where he's talking, where he's talking about a hustler. <laughs> which, which would you pick of the two films? I'll give it to Ronnie and Role Models. Sheesh. We got, we got a tie for best quote. Moving on. So best side character for role models is Gail Sweeney for me. Agreed. Yeah, yeah she gets, she gets yeah. the nod. She is also one of the only side characters, which does help. Yeah. But I suppose you could have the king if that was. Yeah, Chow would be the only other one. <laughs> but I would take Jim's dad or Sherman over Sweeney. I, I think Jim's well, dad's got to be the winner. Yeah, for sure. You've got the guy who, again, I don't know his name, but the the one who's also in Amphia, the one who's in Superbad as well, the guy from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes another appearance, doesn't he? Decent side as well, yeah. And is, it, is he is he the one who's made the most appearances? Have we got anyone who's made more than two appearances yet in the film? Well, we've got we've got Stifler in two films today. Yeah, two films today. Yeah, yeah. So that, that guy just 
that guy loves a side character roller, doesn't he? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, bigger impact for American Pie, surely. Yep. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to yes, go yeah. against that one. Um, probably the same for originality because it did put a bit of a different spin on the teen comedy. Yeah, I think the same role models is more original. I mean, in terms of an idea, is it you can make the argument? Yeah, what, I would what, say what it probably is. It, it's probably less than a less of a teen. Well, it's a market that teenagers technically less of a teen comedy. American Pie is was very much in the role of things that have come before it. But you say role models. It's not many others. There's not anything that's got the same sort of plot or the same concept that comes to mind. So you're giving originality to the role models. Anyone else? I'd give it a nod. Just because it's Sean. I was going to say, I mean, if you look at... Do you get super bad if American Pie isn't made? I don't think you do. No, no, it's true. As well as some others as well. So I appreciate there there would have been some films before, but I think American Pie really did start off... It's still a teen comedy, but it started off that kind of area where you're talking about in terms of just getting average, normal kids uh, and focusing it on them. Um, I'd take so, uh, American Pie too, so we got another tie there. MVP of role models. Probably Ronnie. Yeah, I've got Ronnie and Wheeler written down as my two. I think they kind of lean on Ronnie quite a lot. I think that's part, probably what partly lets the film down, I think, is that they kind of rely on this little kid coming up with the funniest lines. <laughs> I would take Wheeler, but I do agree it's between those two. I might take Oggy, because he... <laughs> He um is is what is his thing and that uh the the live action role play and whatever it's called the, the amphi and that whole battle scene that's what all brings them back together at the end mm-hmm. and then that's mm-hmm. the climax of the film so without without him that that doesn't happen and do you uh, take do you take your MVP from role models over your MVP from American Pie? No chance. No, I think Jim. Wins it, wins the MVP, right? For the two films. Had to ask. Yeah, uh, yeah. Best, Jim. Be, best soundtrack. Uh, I think American. this one's, this one goes without saying. Yeah, American <laughs> Pie of a landslide. It I don't think it... uh, Better ending? They actually both have a fairly similar ending. So it, it's just, <laughs> it's gonna make me laugh to say, but it's essentially a happy ending. Yeah. For, 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 for a comedy. Like, they, they get, everyone gets essentially what they want. Yeah. I did think with the role models one, it was, uh, I reckon, like halfway through doing it, they thought, how are we actually going to end this? Oh, yeah, we'll do that. I feel like, whereas with American Pie, it was obviously building and building towards this moment. Role models, it was kind of like, we just do the battle. Yeah, right. And then that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I take American Pie purely because I think that was harder to finish, and I think. That is so much of what makes the, made the movie successful. Whereas if you end role models a different way, it doesn't take too much away from the film. Yeah. No. So that'd be, that'd be my opinion. Chemistry. Do you think there's better chemistry in American Pie or role models? Gotta be American Pie, isn't it? Yeah. I think the chemistry between Paul Rudd and Troy William Scott is quite good, but nothing compared to the, the guys in American Pie. No. The, the strange thing with that, as much as I didn't particularly enjoy role models I like Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott and I like the characters they were I thought they both they obviously both play that type of character really well yeah so I don't qu- I can't quite work out where it didn't somehow really work but I think the fact that there was no casting 
what ifs for this shows that it was written like for those two, like that yeah. they didn't consider anyone else. Yeah. So I mean, that gives American Pie either a 12-2 or 10-0 win, however you want to <laughs> see it. There was the two ties in there. I mean, we're going to have some closer ones after the first round, but hey, this is what can happen in the first round. Sometimes you get an upset. I'll be at the first week sometimes. It goes uh, as you'd expect. Role Models with Portland. Yeah. <laughs> Last couple of things before we close out. It's actually shorter than each episode so far, which may surprise you. Um, real star of the film for each for each one. Does Stifler do enough to be the real star of American Pie? Do you keep that with Jim like we had earlier? I'd make the case for Kevin. Come on then. You can make the yours. case. I'm interested yeah, yeah. to hear it. Yeah, I don't hear it. Well, he brings them all together. He's the one who comes up with the general, in the end, what turns out to be the whole plot and the main cause of the film, in terms of them all going out to lose their virginity. Uh, he, also gets with, he also gets with the the MVP girl. He's the one with the best one. Uh, Nadia would take the MVP as an all-female. <laughs> yeah, but, no, but no one actually gets with Nadia in the end. No, but if we were doing an MVP... <laughs> The yeah, females in the film, Nadia would so, be. So out of the ones that they get with, then he has the best one. Um, and yeah, that, that that's kind of the the main case. And you have the speech that riles them up. Um, you've already said that. I mean, you've made the you've made the case. So you've yeah. not convinced me. I don't know about anyone else. I think to to be fair, there is. I don't agree with him, but there is something what he's saying in terms of for this film and ones we looked at previously. We we obviously look at the funniest etc is you do need the straight man in there to again like Sean said hold it together a little bit like um, was it Michael Sarah in Superman yeah, you do I need think... that character there so I, I can kind I of would see Sean's say... point but I wouldn't give him the nod that would pick that would be his MVP pick and not his real star of the film I'm, I would put say real star of the film is Stifler I'm yeah, doing that yeah <laughs> You're a pig. Like, no, like I said earlier, <laughs> when people leave the cinema, that's what they're mentioning. I I think people are talking about Stifler more. I think that's from second onwards. They're definitely no, talking about could Stifler, be. no doubt. But I think even in this, I think for me, he's the, he's the real star of the film. Just no, you, you could you could be right in terms of I I think I probably am using a bias of knowing what comes after. But again, you could even think about to Jim. I think. You probably overlooked. If you're thinking that we just watched that film, we've seen a bloke get caught wanking by his parents and <laughs> fucking a pie and getting a girl on webcam. And I, was, I think a lot of people are going to talk about him. Twice. Twice. Yeah. I imagine it. I imagine him shooting his load inside four seconds was probably quite a big talking point as people were walking away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he's, he, that, that was probably there for one. I'm sure ejaculation has always been funny. I, I told you the tale yesterday. Keenan of the kid we know that did the same. My aunt actually goes out. Like my aunt actually <laughs> goes out. Like it wouldn't if you knew the kid. Believe me. <laughs> you know, real so star. Of... Yeah, so do you. Um, I'll tell you after four <laughs> seconds. Why it was like it, it, it was pretty going in is my uh, case. Yeah, I, think I, who you're, I think I know. I think I know you're referencing. Um. So the real star of role model, I think we said, was Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, he does probably steal it. Recasting one role then. So I mentioned 
Emratiowski as Nadia earlier. If you can hear me out here for my recasting, because I've had nothing but net with these previously, so hopefully the streak doesn't go, the streak doesn't go dead here. Jessica, we recast Aubrey Plaza. Mm. Okay, it's a great shout per- like for the character she plays. But the, only, the, the different, the only problem is she's far too attractive. I think that she's just not high enough that you can get away with the Jessica role. No, absolutely. It helps because like if if you if you put her on her own team, then she can score forty a night. But you you put her on the same team as uh, Vicky, then she's got she's got to be a bit part player. So well, you're uh, saying she 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 becomes Scotty Pip she becomes Scotty Pippen <laughs> to Vicky's Jordan. Yeah. I think she I think she becomes Kevin Love next to LeBron. What my my shout, my shout for that would be Lizzie Kaplan. I could see uh, in the Jessica role. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. Sorry, I started to think who Lizzie Kaplan was, but I know it is now. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's really, not a bad shout at all. When she, because uh, I feel like it's a similar character to the one she plays in Mean Girls. Yeah, there's that edge to it. You see that. Oh, I actually did consider Lindsay Lohan for this. Huh? And then very quickly, once I remembered her voice. Well, I was going for more look than I was. Uh, and then she, I thought, she's too big time to, to be that. Just looked at um, Lizzie Kaplan. That is a good shout. Yeah, that is. I, I hadn't realised who it was at first. That is not a bad shout, that. She's like uh, if you told Sarah Silverman to dress up nicely to come meet your parents. She is. The, four, the, the one that came in the, it's funny you say Sarah Silverman because I was just about to shout her out just as yeah. when, Sean, when Sean mentioned Busy Kaplan Sarah Silverman popped into my head as well um, yeah I, I can't get she, past what swine she is in School of Rock <laughs> <laughs> did you see Amanda I know this has just come out from the Google search from searching people like similar Amanda Seyfried as as, um, as Heather yeah Okay, yeah, I like that yeah. as a shout. Yeah, yeah. As a side note, you can't mention Amanda Seyfried without, if people don't know, her Instagram username is Minji. <laughs> That's her name on Instagram. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> a verified account called Minji. <laughs> Any other before we continue? What's your shouts here? I think we could get, we could be employed for this. We've put more forward to the casting than the actual director. <laughs> Um, if the cast swapped, which film works best? I think role models works best. Because you can I mean, see, can you, can you even do it? I don't think you can really. But we, we my think. my view is like, so if you, you Stifler's brother as Ronnie would be sensational. <laughs> if you say like their kids, they they get like detention or they do something at the school where they have to look after these kids. Um, so I could kind of see that happen. Whereas I don't know how American Pie works the other way. Right? <laughs> Two grown-up blokes. Whenever yeah. I watch um, American Pie, um, I was having my head after Stifler's brother go, fuckers, fuckers, fuckers. <laughs> Even more so in the second one. Um, if you add Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, does this movie improve? For role models, it certainly improves. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they would. I'd love to see that film. They could change. They could turn the film around. 
Yeah. You could, I think either you could just have them in the film, or they could be the two <laughs> main characters as well. Yeah. I think I like Paul Rudd. I like Sean William Scott, but Owen Wilson as Danny and Vince Vaughn as Wheeler is just phenomenal. It's that would be an unbelievable film. We could be having a different conversation if, they, if those two were in that film. If yeah, if Owen if Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn were in it, there's no ten nil. No, no, it's a, it's a closer one. It's not a blowout. Yeah. No, not at all. I want Someone. a young Owen Wilson in the Kevin role of American Pie. Yeah, a young Vince Vaughn as Stifler. Yeah, you've seen him throw that sort, similar sort of attitude around in Swingers. Slightly different, but that same <laughs> outward, very cocky. knows knows what he's about. You you know he can pull that off. That sounds money. <laughs> I think you know what. I think that wraps us up for today. Next week, Borat against Project X. Oh, Clash of Styles. That is. That's that is a Clash of Styles. Week. Jesus. Very different style of play there. Yeah, Project X have a nice maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe actually a Sunday going into the bank holiday Monday. Put your feet up, get a cold one out of the fridge and put Project X on. That's your scenery. Nice. You're tickling like my gooch, huh? <laughs> Mr. Tickle Hands. Anyway, <laughs> thanks again for listening to another edition of Movie Madness. Hopefully you've enjoyed this. Hopefully you look forward to the films next week. If you go on at Spitballing Pods Twitter, then you can see your own bracket and you can fill that out, send it into us like some others have. Give your predictions for the matchups. Yeah, we'll be back. Thanks very much. Goodbye. <laughs>